listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage podcast, the podcast designed specifically for you and your efforts to save your relationship wherever you are in that process. You might be at the beginning of a relationship, and today's content certainly does apply to that more specifically than other times when I've talked about some specific techniques on saving a relationship at the end. But it's also designed for people at the end of a relationship or struggling to stay in a relationship to keep the end from coming. And today's content will equally apply there, too, because what we're talking about today is a place where lots of people get stuck. So let me tell you a little bit about why I'm here. Now, it's been over 20 years ago that I created a program based on what I had been using with clients already in my office and by phone to work on saving their relationship. That became the Save the Marriage system, which has been revised, added to, updated, and includes all kinds of new stuff. But as I continue to work and expand my knowledge base and my understanding and knowing what works... So some years ago, in fact, we're now at episode, I think, 350-some episodes in. I keep adding to that knowledge base by thinking about that every week and providing this podcast for people who are ready to make a change, but maybe their spouse isn't ready. Maybe they've gotten to the place where, and that may be you, are at that place where your spouse is saying, "I, I just am not interested anymore. I'm not feeling it. And that was my reason for doing the podcast. Because I believe that there are so many marriages that should survive that don't. And the reason is because people don't know what to do. I don't think it's about they don't have good intentions as much as they don't know what to do to get out of a mess. Where did that mess come from? Well, let's face it. You didn't have uh, any clear training in how to have a great marriage. I didn't. Nobody gets that. You know, at best, you might have a few sessions or a weekend away or, or some other thing to prepare you for a lifetime of trying to get through life together. What we know is that doesn't prepare you, nor do most people take classes about this. And so suddenly you're thrown into this situation and you have to figure out how to do it on the job in the midst of it. It's kind of like applying for a job over which you have no knowledge base. And it doesn't matter if you dated for a lot of years or dated lots of other people or even been married again in something that failed before. You're still walking into a situation where you have no idea. So you walk into a job that you have no training and they go, hey, do you have any experience here? And you say no. And they say, great, step on up. We've got a place for you. And so we do that process where people get married and are suddenly out there trying to figure out how to be married. And then let's say that doesn't work. Let's say your marriage gets into trouble. If you don't know how to be married, if you don't know how to create that relationship, you probably don't have the skill set to stay married, to work through those relationships, to work through those problems. And that's why I am here, because I want to help you do that. My motivation is because I believe that marriages are so important. That's the first thing. Number two, I think that divorce is incredibly painful and incredibly damaging for so many people. 
Number three, I know the effect it has on people, both by watching the people as they go through it and having had family members in the midst of divorces in their family. I look at my cousins and the impact that it had upon them when their families went through divorce, and I don't want anybody else to go through that. That doesn't mean that I'm going to stop it, but I sure have that. So in many ways, we're partners together in this process. You're trying to save a relationship, and I want to walk with you through that. I want to give you the skill set to figure this out. Because, see, here's the thing. You didn't know how to do this. And you probably don't want to go figure out how to have a PhD in marriage. But guess what? I did that work. I got my training. I went into practice, and I realized there had to be a better way. There had to be something much more effective than what we had been doing and teaching the way I was taught to do therapy. And so I've experimented, I've pivoted, I've figured out what's going on, and that's why I am here, to help you understand those pieces. Now, sometimes I'll talk about something and you'll say, well, of course that makes sense. The question is not whether something makes sense, but whether you're activating that, whether you're moving into that. Sometimes I might give you something that you hadn't thought about. That's the whole point of this, to get you thinking in different ways. So what are we thinking about today? Well, there's something that I hear very often about, you know, we just aren't feeling it anymore. And if I don't feel it, it must not be right. Many times that's what a spouse is saying. I'm not feeling in love. There's a similar phrasing. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. That comes out many times. Lots of times I just hear people say, you know, I don't feel the passion. Therefore, this was wrong. So that's why we want to focus a little attention today. What that's about, because love isn't about the romantic, or let me say it more clearly, it's not only about the romantic, and so many times it gets reduced to that, because that is our societal obsession. We live in a society that's obsessed with how you feel more than what you do, that you're supposed to feel happy much more than should you have to do something about being happy, that you should feel passion much more than you should have to do something for passion, that you should feel something instead of having to do something. We've all grown up on that diet. We watch it in the movies about the happily ever afters. We watch it all around us that there is this idea. You know, we watch commercials that are all about eliciting that passionate feel. And we're bombarded by media showing us people who are madly in love as the proof that there is love there. Now, let me be very clear. I am not downplaying romance or passion. I think those are great things. I just am not sure they're the backbone that we need to count on. Let me say it more clearly. I know they're not the backbone that we need to count on in carrying forward a marriage. In fact, I think of this as what I call the passion paradox. (laughs) The passion paradox is the belief that passion is what moves us into love. The reality is that love can move us into passion, but not as a permanent state. Passion is really a biochemical reaction in your brain. I mean, if we reduce it down to it, it is our brain that is getting massive doses of feel-good hormones flowing through it, leaving us with this feeling of madly in love with somebody. 
the infatuation is I've heard people talk about this this new term that's come out uh, called limerence. You know, they, they'll tell me their spouse is in limerence with the affair partner. Well, limerence is just another word for infatuation. That's there's no difference. So if you hear someone say, oh, it's not infatuation, it's limerence. Well, that's the same thing because it is still the biochemical reaction in the body that is about attraction, sexual attraction to another person. We know a few facts about that stage. And let's be clear, that is a stage in a relationship. It's not that there's anything wrong with it. We just forget that it's a stage. And the majority of that stage can change, even if you have moments where you come back to it. And a lot of people think that I'm telling them that no longer will they ever have romance in their relationship. That's not the case. My wife and I have been married now for over 30 years. And there are lots of times when we are in romantic places and and doing romantic things and being romantic with each other. But it is different than when we first met. And we're much more uh, attuned to that passion, that infatuation. Well, what changed? It's not that the love went away. It's that we shifted to a different stage in the relationship dynamic. And all I can say is, thank goodness. Because I think back on our early days of dating, and I don't know how I actually did okay in school. (laughs) We were in college when we met. And uh, at that point, I was smitten and was um, doing my best to make sure that she was equally smitten with me. And that's that love feeling. You know, there's something about that love that is very empowering, that gets you moving forward towards trying to get that person's attention. But it can't last at that degree. When we talk about madly in love, I mean, our brain in many ways is acting in an abnormal fashion at that point. Our brain is abnormally functioning in a way that is not sustainable. And eventually, our brain has to get back to normal in order for us to continue life, to to get things moving along in other areas of life, not just the relationship. We get so fixated on the relational area that sometimes we neglect the other areas. As I said, somehow I managed to pass my classes, to graduate and move towards grad school in spite of the fact that what I really wanted to do was spend every moment with her. We all have those times And we somehow then judge that as what that should be the normal state rather than that's a stage in development. Most researchers tell us that there is a natural time limit to that infatuation. Now, the specific time it will take can vary. I know some people who go through that stage and kind of passes in a month. And a lot of times because in that month they haven't had enough time to bond, they realize that maybe that's not the person for them, that that the attraction isn't there for that person. Sometimes it goes on for even two years. And sometimes in the instances of, say, an affair, it can go on for much longer because there is no way of having consistency. You kind of live in a fantasy world of that. But for normal people in normal relationships – The lifespan is usually around 18 months to two years max, at which point our brain kind of resets. Our brain's trying to go back to normal so that we can go on with life. 
Now, it doesn't mean without that person. It just means that our life has to make a shift, a pivot to something much more normal. So it's a stage, but it's not the goal of the relationship. And that's the piece that often fools people. So many times I'd be talking with somebody who was in my office because they were getting ready to get married and the church was requiring them to come see me for several sessions. And I know that look where they have the confidence that they've got this beat. Yes, they know the statistics about how many marriages end in divorce, but that's because the people didn't have their love right. They do. At least that's what they believe because they're still in a stage where they're so strongly bound to that feeling that that goal of being in a passionate state continues. And they don't know what to do when it shifts, when the goal does change, when the stage has passed, because romance has never been the goal in a marriage. It's a stage, a process that bonds you, and it's incredibly bonding. The problem is when we look back and go, oh, that's how it should always be, that can get us stuck. We can get lost in that. Because one of the things that we miss is romance and passion actually requires nurture after that stage passes. In one of my previous podcasts, I talked the fact that there is a shift. We go from an adrenaline-based attraction to an endorphin-based attraction. And here's the important thing. Adrenaline happens automatically because your body is on alert. There's always some fear in the beginning that maybe that person's not going to love you as much as you love them. That was certainly my feeling when I was first dating my now wife. What if I love her, but she doesn't love me? So I've got to convince her of the love and I've got to get her to love me. That's an adrenaline base. There's a fear factor to it. But once we had committed to each other, that's a place where it begins to pivot because we have a clear commitment together. What changes? We go from an adrenaline base, which is about can I win this person over, to an endorphin-based. And endorphins come when I do things for somebody else. It's a natural state in our body. You know that feeling when maybe you did some volunteer work or you did something nice for someone and you walk away, you got nothing directly out of it. It may have even cost you something, but you feel good about it. Those are endorphins at work. Endorphins come because we do for somebody else. So in this case, the endorphin-based love is because I'm doing for my spouse. I'm showing my spouse love, which brings us to this limited belief. Because if it requires nurture, there is that limiting belief that either you feel it or you don't, and if you don't, there's a problem. Many times I hear people who are struggling with a relationship because a spouse keeps saying, I just don't feel it. Interestingly, those spouses who just don't feel it are also not acting in a way that is loving. They're not activating those endorphins. So no surprise, they're not going to feel it. And in fact, in many of those situations, neither spouse has been acting in loving ways. Both spouses have been neglecting the love. They haven't been nurturing the love. They haven't been nurturing the love that would lead to those moments of passion, those feelings of passion. 
So romance, so passion requires nurture, but it requires nurture not of just that romantic feeling of not just buying romantic stuff for each other, but actually acting in loving ways. This is not the case where you either feel it or don't. Acting in loving ways towards somebody will lead you to feel loving. Remember, love is a verb. It's something I do. I love somebody. I'm doing loving things for them. The second place we get stuck is that we think about it in broader terms than it is. Romance is just a part of a relationship. It's not the part of a relationship. So many times people say, you know, we're such good friends. I think I'm stuck in this zone. And they're talking about their spouse. So the friend zone always comes up. I think think I've been put in the friend zone by my spouse. And I'm sitting there going, you're already beyond that. Right? You've already committed beyond that. We, you've committed to being a partnership, a, a union together, a partnership together, a being a we as I talk about it. That doesn't mean you stop being friends, though. In fact, being friends is a pretty good foundation. Amp that up a little bit. Be, being friends and adding on those loving actions, and you find yourself right back to the romantic feelings, the passionate feelings, but we forget that. Because we have this limiting belief. Because we believe that if we don't feel it, meaning passion or romance, then it's not love. It might be something else. It's not love. The fact is that our connection with a spouse, the friend part, the support part, the being in it together part, all of those pieces are part of love. Romance is too, but it's not the part. Which brings us to another thing that gets in our way. We have this belief that somehow we, if it's missing one place, you know, what's wrong, what happened, what's changed? For instance, a lot of people say to me, well, why did I feel it back then and I don't feel it now? In other words, why did I feel the passion in the beginning and I don't now? Missing the fact that there is a stage that we've already talked about, that that stage has shifted to another stage. And here's a little secret. That happens in every single relationship that makes it far enough for that to happen. It happens if somebody is in an an affair. The passion will go away. It's just how we're wired. It's the nature of relationships. So people often say, why did I feel it there back some time ago when we felt it and not here? Well, that's because the the stage shifted. And then they use another one where they say, why do I feel it there, meaning with somebody else, but not here in my marriage? And the reason is because our attraction that's wired into us can make us feel that way towards somebody else, even if it's not appropriate. There is that part in our religious our, uh, wedding vows where we pledge that we're going to keep others at a distance, forsaking all others or some other phrasing of that, that we're going to keep others at a distance. And that is because there is the realization that attraction can get caught up on somebody that's not appropriate anymore, that we put energy towards somewhere else when it should be served towards our spouse. 
And so when we stay away from that, when we make sure that we avoid that, we protect our boundaries, that we protect our connection within the marriage, then that doesn't trip us up. But if we allow that to seep in, we can be attracted to other people. That's human nature. You know, a lot of people think that they somehow have stumbled on the right person because they feel a certain way, not recognizing that that is the nature of the way we're wired. We can be attracted to somebody else. That doesn't mean it's appropriate to feel that, to act on it, to add energy to it. It's just a state of our, our natural biological peace. So we have to manage that. We have to recognize where we're going to put our energy. All that comes back to the basic point that romance is a part, passion is a part of a relationship, but it's not the part. It's also, in many ways, a stage when it's very focused and very broad and very widespread. It's a stage in our life that will change. Our brain does go back to normal. It has to. And the way we can work through that is to nurture that, to be making a shift from that adrenaline-based to the endorphin-based. And what we recognize as we're working on restoring a relationship is as you build connection in, as you build more connection, as you build more of, of a sense of being in it together, the more the opportunities are for that to emerge again. So what does that mean for you? Well, first, if you are in the beginning stages of a relationship, if you're maybe just married or shortly married, this is where you recognize that if you're still feeling the passion, it will shift. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that something's wrong. But you can nurture it along. You can continue. And the real shift is to go from that adrenaline base to the endorphin base, to go from feeling love to acting loving. But what it means if you're in a relationship that's in trouble is now you know that just because the passion isn't there right now doesn't mean the relationship is wrong. It doesn't mean that the marriage needs to go away. It does mean that your marriage needs attention. So how do you give it attention? I started off this conversation talking about the fact that most of us don't enter into marriage with a clear understanding of how to get there. That's the nature of getting married. You get married and then you figure it out. And if figuring it out hasn't worked, we need to figure out something new. Instead of saying this must not be right in the relationship, we need to say my approach must not have been right. Our approach must not have been right. So what can I do from here? That's the focus of the system I told you about, the Save the Marriage system. You can grab that very easily by going to savethemarriage.com. You don't have to order it and wait for it to arrive in our crazy days of uh, when it will arrive, you can get it instantly, instant access. So you can start working on things instantly. Now, for people who go ahead and get started now, I'm going to throw in a couple of other pieces to make sure you have the tools you need. One is a free week of my VIP program. It's the only time I offer a free week is when you grab the system because I want to get you started powerfully. So if you turn it down, that will be the last time you see that offer. When I offer it, grab it. Grab the free week. Use the resources. See where that can help you. The other thing that I'm throwing in is a free 
get started session. It's the best start session with one of my coaches. It's to make sure that you're starting your process as powerfully as you can. It's a free, no obligation session to make sure that we have you on track. You can claim that on your download page of the program. So once you've made your purchase, you just go ahead and get on your download page and click the coaching button, fill out a little form. My coach will be in contact and we will make sure that you get started. The thing to remember is some things can change. These things can change. Your relationship can change. It can come back to life. And you can find a new place of passion. You just have to move from love to passion and not from passion to love. Don't fall into the passion paradox. Get started now. I look forward to hearing your success story as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.